And also you know, in, in their practice, it's, it's about everything is just about good enough is, is already pretty good. Because it's never going to be perfect, really. And that is, has its own perfection, and I do really understand that. And that's really, you know, what we are trying to uh, train ourselves in. And what is the result of insight is to understand that everything is the way it is and it is perfect in itself. But not necessarily perfect in the way, you know, to our um, wishes. And to understand that kind of a, of a difference is something which starts to become clear, you know, when we do this practice. Because we start, you know, to go under the surface of life and we start to connect with the laws of nature, which are, you know, not necessarily catering to our wishes, but they are just what they are. And in order to have a life which is more content and at peace, you know, we have to really go deeper and see that for ourselves because just hearing it, you know, or reading it in a book is, is a good beginning, but it isn't liberating. You know, once we take those instructions, they are like signposts, you know, they are showing us in a certain direction. If we then not kind of follow the signpost, if we get stuck on the post, then we get stuck on the post. We don't you know, experience the um, process and then there is no, no results there. So a day like this is about, you know, putting it into practice, some of the essential teachings of the Buddha and then, you know, through that experience, starting to see through, to, to look through uh, certain assumptions we have about the way things are. And we start to, you know, clear out some of those assumptions which are, you know, result of our conditioning. And uh, you know, there's nothing kind of bad about this conditioning. It's just like, you know, it's what we got from our parents, what we get from the culture... They all have good intentions, but those intentions are mixed up with ignorance. And then, you know, what happens is like our life, which is, uh, you know, not fully in tune with the raising sound because of that stress happens, suffering happens. And the Buddha has said, you know, I teach suffering and about the end of suffering. Because he saw first in his own experience and then also the people around him, he saw, you know, there's a lot of uh, things going on which not necessarily have to be going on. And they, you know, and that, that if, if we would kind of familiarize ourselves with the way how nature works, then there would be la less friction. Because, it, you know, nature isn't betraying us or the things, you know, in our lives, they are not betraying us. It's just that we are relating to our experiences, to our possessions, to our own bodies, to the planet Earth as a whole. We are relating to it in ways which are 
very much kind of self-centered, you know? What about what can it do for me? And not because we are bad people, it's just that we are not yet wise enough, you know? We are not yet uh, informed deeply enough about how this all works, you know? And, you know, we have been, you know, able to create what's called like climate chaos nowadays, you know, over the last... 10 years or so, mainstream culture, or a lot of mainstream culture has become aware of, you know, the really uh, alarming results of that ignorance. It's not only just about, you know, I'm having a little bit of stress, but meanwhile the whole planet is really stressed. By the way, how we are living as part of this planet, because we, we are not really realizing what we are doing because we are still thinking and we are on top of it and we can just uh, pick up this and throw back that and we are not thinking further not because we are bad just because we are ignorant so we always bring a, a picture of the planet with us because we are considering you know, planet earth is a very powerful teacher nowadays it's the biggest teacher ever and, you know, it's holding up this huge mirror, but there's still people who can't see it. And the word Dhamma can be translated in many different ways. Usually it's the teaching of the Buddha is called Dhamma, but we can also translate it as a nature or laws of nature or the way things are. And even today, you know, in the Thai language, the word for natural is Dhammachat, which means born from nature. So, you know, that we already have it in our language, but we have lost, you know, the meaning, really. Because in our language, you know, which is based on, on Latin language, the word for born is natus. So that is, you know, the root of the word nature as well. Born of Dhamma born of nature. So it's all already there, but we have lost the connection because we are so distracted, you know, in the superficial uh, concerns of daily life. And they are not superficial in, in, a, in a conventional sense because we do need, you know, to look after our lives. But we have been allowing, you know, that part of existence to become so all-consuming and we need to bring some balance to that and that's you know what we try to support with uh, trying to share some of the teachings you know which have worked for us to try to bring a balance to the entrancement you know with the superficial appearances and to go underneath because one can get easily lost, you know, in the million things which we can shop and read and listen to and wear and eat and go to and fly. And there are so many things we can do, can go very much lost in all of this. And, uh, you know, if we want to develop wisdom, if we want to align ourselves with the way things are, we have to go under the surface. And we have to wean ourselves up, you know, wean ourselves 
off, wean ourselves off, you know, from that preoccupation with all of those trillion things and, and uh, you know, disentangle our habitual um, preoccupation and, and go under the surface. And there's that, you know, that we need some real motivation for that. We, we really need to understand that the solution doesn't lie on the, on the surface. We have to go deeper. We have to stop certain avenues of distracting ourselves. We have to make like a... We have to renounce something. And all of you, you know, have been renouncing many other things you could have done today. So you're already, you know... Obviously, you have a motivation, otherwise you wouldn't be here. To just, you know, realize that you are already motivated to know more. So that's a wonderful thing because that's the result of your practice until today, you know, which has brought you here. So that's great. And now we have to just go further. And, um, you know, going under the surface requires, you know, to kind of bear with the withdrawal symptoms, you know, of not uh, responding, you know, to the habitual ways of distracting. That takes effort, right effort. You know, to just say, okay, I'm going to, for today, I'm going to put this to one side. I'm not going to this it's not because those things are bad but they don't they don't lead us in the right direction and you know applying uh, the technology of meditation which is you know very clear tools which we can use in order to familiarize ourselves with what's happening under the surface, you know, helping us to keep the mind focused and to kind of go a little bit deeper. And, and then, you know, those laws of nature, they will reveal themselves to us by themselves, you know, because they are not trying to be secret to us, you know, they are self-secret in the sense that we are too distracted to see them. But as soon as we pay attention, they are always there. They want to be known. So it's not uh, rocket science, so to say. It just requires, uh, you know, to make a decision and then uh, go with the decision, which means, you know, not to go into distraction. Or as soon as we are noticing it, you know, we are distracted habitually, thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about hopes and fears, all of that, which is completely normal because it's part of our, you know, kind of evolutionary equipment which which we were born. Because we need, you know, we need a thinking mind, we need to be aware of dangers, we need to kind of have what it takes, you know, to bring this body through a lifetime. But, you know, we can train our minds in that way that we do have a choice, you know, when we are thinking about 
danger and when we are thinking about future, when we are thinking about past, to not be completely caught up. Because as you would have noticed, I suppose, is that you know, even if you sit down on a chair and there's no danger happening, your mind is still kind of thinking and thinking and thinking about this and that. So to develop more space, that's what we are trying to do. And through that you know, process of, of doing that, you know, developing more space around experience, we start to notice you know, how our minds are conditioned. We start to see you know, what is our, what's coming up you know, frequently, for example. Just getting to know yourself. That's, that's the first part is, you know, just getting to know what does the mind habitually throw up. And then through, you know, observing that over time, we lose more and more kind of the fascination with it. Because we are, we are noticing, you know, it's always the same thing, really. And it, it becomes less and less personal through the repetition of the meditation. And that's a very important, uh, you know, kind of, if you have a goal, that's a very important goal is it's not about stopping the mind from thinking, but it's more like looking through the content and starting to see the structure of the thinking mind. And then through that, you know, we become more and more uh, independent from the, context, from the content. All of those stories, these dramas, you know, they have less and less grip on our, on our hearts. There's this beautiful saying, you know, more dharma, less drama. <laughs> we had this on our office door for a long time. I think that's a very beautiful, short, you know, way how we can uh, characterize what the practice does, you know because we're getting less and less gripped by our reactions. And then they are still happening for some time, you know, but we are not anymore grasping on so much to it. And then, over time, they are just kind of getting less and less intense. Like if you have a stain, you know, in a, in a cloth, you, you're rubbing it and washing it and washing it, and, you know, over like 20 times washing it, it just becomes lighter and lighter. And that's what the meditation does. It's just like that. You just, and instead of rubbing it like with a brush, you're just being aware of it. And that being aware of it and coming back to it and not turning away from it, that's you know, what informs the mind. So it, it's less and less uh, involved. It's less and less identified with what's happening there, you know. And uh, so, you know, that means, you know, we are taking advantage of the laws of nature. Instead of being swept along, we are just kind of using them for, uh, for, the, for the benefit of uh, developing wisdom and compassion. Because, you know, somebody who has wisdom and compassion is, is someone, you know, who is in alignment with the laws of nature. And, uh, you know, the 
practice of vipassana or insight meditation is is basically you know, a set of tools which is designed you know to support us in familiarizing ourselves with the laws of nature so it's not like you know that the buddha has invented uh that but the buddha was uh, a human being you know who has had so much um capacity that he could not only you know realize that but he was also able you know to lay out a path which others could follow him to that same realization and uh you know one of the central um, guidelines for that process they are they are called the four foundations of mindfulness or the four satipatthana that's a structure you know which the buddha has given us in order to find you know uh, an entrance into the tangle of our experience so you know he has come up with a structure to basically you know the experience of me and my life and me and my suffering and me and my craziness or whatever you want to call it you know that kind of a huge ball of energy you know in order to access it he has given us the four foundations of mindfulness as one way you know how we can get into that tangle and not getting lost in it and the first foundation is the foundation of the body and ayana body was giving you a guided meditation on that just before you know connecting with the body connecting with the breathing and so on and so forth so that's one foundation the first one and there are four and they are all four important but each one you know is is an entrance gate into the Weisings are the second one would be you know, the foundation of uh, feeling to notice you know how you are feeling about the present moment right now there's just three feelings pleasant unpleasant and neutral so that's the that would be the second foundation and then the third foundation is about mind the mood of the mind right now angry confused contracted spacious focused there's many different qualities which we can notice and then the fourth one is phenomena arising and ceasing in the mind we don't need to go into all of this but i just want to explain you know that there's this structure which the buddha has given to us and today we just want to work with the first foundation with body and you know and one way how we can uh look at the body is the way i and the body has been guiding you the you know just the body sitting and breathing in and breathing out that's one way and what that you know what we experience in that way very clearly is the impermanence you know of 
that body is constantly breathing in and breathing out by itself because it's part of nature. And you know, at every in-breath, we are taking in something and every out-breath, we let go of something. So every moment, you know, that body is changing. There's always like a slight change with every in-breath and with every out-breath. So this body is surely not a solid thing. This body is a process. And through this kind of meditation, we learn that through experiencing it. It just, you know, slowly but surely starts to dawn on us just by paying attention to it. And then, you know, we can extrapolate that on, on this glass, on this bell. It's, they are not solid things. They are all processes. But because of our sense organs, you know, we experience them to be different than what they really are. And that's what the meditation, you know, tries to support us in breaking through that appearance into the way things really are, to go behind appearances. And that's yeah, it's a it's a lifetime's work really. But we have to start where we are right now and just bring bring ourselves into the depths of what's already happening. We don't have to go out to look for anything special. What we have here is, is enough because we have a body, we have a mind that's enough for practicing. So and I wanted to you know, give you now also a, a short guided meditation about the four elements which is another way, you know, how we can experience the body and notice that we are actually not separate from nature. We are part of nature. Because, you know, those elements, they are everywhere. The building is made from the four elements. Every, the all of the trees, everything out there is made from the four elements. The body is made from the four elements. All your possessions you'll ever have in this lifetime consisting of the four elements. It's a very simplified way of looking at, of looking at uh, life, but it's nevertheless a way which works because it's true. So the four elements are earth, water, fire and air. And I'm just going to give you a guided meditation. You can experience them in your own uh, body. And it's a very kind of one of the classic, you know, meditations you can find in the suttas also. And it's maybe, you know, uh, sounds a bit boring, but I think through repetition, you know, we we can get uh, sensitized enough that we can really uh, experience the profundity of that truth. Because as I said before, you know, 
all of those insights, they are kind of self-secret in the sense that if the mind is not in tune, if the mind is not clear enough, it just all passes by like, okay, air, water, blah, blah, blah. But it's not because it's not a profound truth. It's just because, you know, it takes some clearing out to connect with it. You know, in this time of a great planetary kind of increasing climate chaos, it's a, a very good thing to pay attention to. Because it has the power, you know, to really change the way how we relate and how we shop, how we consume, how we eat, how we spend our time. It can have very profound results. And it starts now. So find a posture you can sustain for 30 minutes. You know, and those, the guided meditation I'm giving now is, is, is kind of like a, a prescription. You know, when you go to the doctor and you say, I have an illness, the doctor gives you a prescription. And then you follow that prescription and most, let's hopefully it's going to bring you health. And, and the same thing is with the meditation. It's a prescription. If you don't do it, it's just a piece of paper. So finding a posture and having a, most important is a straight spine. Doesn't matter if you sit on the chair or on the mat. Most important is a straight spine so the air can flow in and out unhinderedly. And if you do sit on a chair, please have both of your feet flat on the ground in front of you, on a cushion if you like, or just on the floor. Is that, you know, that sense of connection with the ground is important for the system to settle. A stable posture is important and the mind will follow. If the posture isn't stable and, and strong, the mind doesn't have anything to settle into. So these bodies, and they are very precious, this human body, this human life is a very good starting point for practice.
So on the first we come in touch with the earth element. It's the coarsest you know, of the four elements. And it, it represents solidity and the quality of structure and form. You know, the frame of your body sitting here. Especially, you know, the skeleton inside. Without the skeleton, the body wouldn't be able to sit upright. It'd be just like a heap. Just connecting with the solidity of the skeleton inside of your body. And if for some reason you feel you can't do that, then you can just, you know, the hardness of your teeth, the hardness of your fingernails. That's all. That's solid. That's an experience of solidity. Connect with that. That's earth element. Then also we're sitting on planet Earth right now. It's vast and very deep. And we are part of that. And the function of earth element is to support. And you know that we feel the gravity, it pulls us where we belong. It's all a vast system of great intelligence which we can never ever grasp with the thinking mind. But we can open ourselves to it beyond the intellect through this very simple exercise of connecting with earth element. Because we are made of earth element. In the bones you can feel it in the Fingernails and the teeth. We are not separate. And if we don't eat, you know, for like say six weeks, two months, we can't sustain ourselves. We have to constantly take in earth element, let go of earth element. It's a constant exchange happening. Earth element inside the body, earth element outside the body, so to say. It's all the same. The hills around us here, 
It's the same earth element. So this is an exercise of familiarizing our, ourselves with that simple truth, this vast truth. We can't escape that. There's nowhere to go. It's always going to be planet Earth. As long as we have this body. We belong, we are part of it. And there are some very silly people who are speaking about terraforming some planets like Mars or something like that, distracting themselves from what needs to be done. So, you know, through working with elements, there's this, it gives us that experience of uh, oneness, non-separation, belonging, just for a moment, and a moment, and a moment. And when you notice, you know, the mind gets drawn into thinking about you know, lunch or some other issues in your life, as soon as you notice it, you just come back to connect with that solidity, support, gravity, earth element. And then we're going to go to the next one, water element. We can become aware of the water element, the wetness inside of your mouth, the wetness of the eyes, wetness on the palm of your hand maybe, wetness in the 
behind your knees if you sit cross-legged. So this quality of uh, liquidity, of fluidity, And you know the body, the human body consists of about 75% water. And if we don't drink for about a week, we will have to die. And there's like a constant exchange, you know, we drink and we go to the bathroom, drink, go to the bathroom. It's a process, constant exchange with the water element outside the body, quote-unquote, and inside the body. The lakes, the rivers, the rain clouds, the oceans, water element outside and inside the body is exactly the same. And the uh, function of the water element is to bind its cohesion. So earth element and water element together like a dough, for example. The water element binds the flower. The water element binds the earth element. And in the Buddhist uh, scriptures, the quality of loving-kindness, metta, is often compared, you know, with the water element, with water, because it keeps, you know, it can hold everything together, even the most difficult experiences, the most difficult challenges and people, if we can bring loving-kindness to it, or also our own emotional experiences, if we can bring loving-kindness to it, we can hold it. We don't have to kind of split it off. We can be with it, we can give it some space. Because it's there, it exists. So becoming aware of the water element, maybe in your mouth, or on your palms of your hands, that's water element. California is in a drought since years. And last winter we had rain, that was great. And you know, th- as, as human beings, the older we get, water element kind of dries up a little bit, we get wrinkled, we dry up, literally, the older we get. It has, you know, it has this uh, quality of maturing. We call it aging, you know, but you could also call it maturing. Maturing to the point that we go back to nature completely. In the culture, it's like a bad thing, you know, to get old and wrinkled and die. 
but actually it's like a the dying and the going back to the elements is like is the peak of the maturing process the pinnacle and then it just starts again there's nothing wrong with that it's just the way things are it's just the the culture has its preferences for beginnings doesn't like endings because it's what it is west coast conditioning it's not bad anything it's just a bit out of touch And also the blood is important, you know. The blood, the lymph, the mucus, the sweat, the tears, the urine. It's all water element. So if, if you feel a bit tired, you could take a deep breath and open your eyes, let in the light. It is quite normal you know, to feel tired. If you come from a busy life, come to such a peaceful place, it's okay to be tired, but just like trying to support you know, the meditation by opening the eyes. And then the next element we are looking into is the fire element. Uh, represents heat and temperature. And that the life energy. And you know the function of it is, as I said before, you know, is to mature. So when we are aging, you know, the fire element is there it matures, and we, you know, we dry up a little bit, get wrinkled, and then you know we go at the peak of it, we fall back, 
to the dust we have come from. And, and the heat element comes, it's all coming from the sun. Either, you know, by going outside and feeling the warmth on our body or by eating the sun, by eating, you know, whatever has been growing under the sun, vegetables, animals. And then we also, you know, we are, at this point in time, we try to wean ourselves off fossil fuels. That's also a way, you know, how we are partaking in the sun. This is plants, you know, which have been processed over millions of years, you know, trees which have been pressurized by a lot of pressure and heat and then they become oil or coal. And, you know, we've been burning so much of that stuff that we have to stop doing it. Because it releases, you know, certain elements which are not conducive you know, for species, many, many species to keep on living here. So it's a, it's a real issue. But we can find other ways, you know, how to partake in the heat of the sun. Like Spirit Rock has this beautiful uh, array of uh, solar panels out there. That's a more intelligent way of drawing on the sun. Because we need to cooperate with the sun. If we don't have, you know, we have actually a very limited array of temperature we can live in. If it's too cold or too hot, we can't function. We get sick, we die. So in the heat, you can probably feel also probably in your mouth or on the palms of your hands, the heat under your arms. But generally, I know where the skin meets the uh, cool air, you might be able to notice the warmth of your body. And then you know, when we are eating the lunch, you probably also can feel the digestion process. You know, releases the heat. As well as like a fire. And then, you know, women go through menopause when they get older, then there's lots of heat. It's kind of quite strange. <laughs> I'm at the end of it. It was a long process for me. And also in the center of the planet there is also fire.
So the you know the temperature on this planet and around this planet is just right for so many species, you know, to have been thriving over the 14 billion years of evolution you know, of one cycle after the next. And the temperature is very, very crucial. the heat of the sun and, and the heat temperature in our bodies is, it's one and the same heat element And then for the last element we are working with today is, is air element. Air represents movement, uh, mobility and vibration. So that we you know, can familiarize ourselves by paying attention simply to the process of breathing. And uh, the function is, is to move. So you know, the all, all matter has like vibrates in a certain way. It's that, that basic movement of all life. You can connect with it. You know, in the meditation, if the mind is really peaceful, you can feel that your body is vibrating in a certain way. And everything around you as well. That's, you know, the basic air element. And the breathing process is, you know, working with that uh, basic uh, vibration, breathing in and letting go. And if we don't breathe, like, for a very short time, we can't live. We have to be constant in exchange in order to live. And air element inside the body, air element outside the body, just the same. You know, and all of those elements, they're around since the Big Bang. They have been recycled countless times, you know. Just thinking in that way just really boggles the mind, I think. It just opens the mind up wide. Those same elements which are presently forming, you know, my body, they have formed countless bodies before that. 
dinosaurs and so on. It's a constant exchange. Nothing is ever lost. Air element, breathing in and breathing out. Heat element. Feel it on the skin. Water element. Wetness in the mouth. And earth element, that gravity, which shows us where we belong, and where we come from. So that's one way, you know, how we can uh, familiarize ourselves uh, with the way things are. And they're tuning the instrument of the mind. So then, you know, we can make music, we can live in a way which is more in tune with truth. We have to come back to it and tune it again and again. It's so easy to forget. Even it's right there in front of our eyes, 24 hours, every day. But it's kind of hidden. Under the drama of our busy lives. It's like hiding a mountain. You don't have to do anything. There's nowhere to, you can't do that really, but you can just look the other way. So turning the mind in the right direction.
So for these, for these last 15 minutes before we stop for lunch, we're going to do some standing meditation. So it's very useful to know um, this practice of standing meditation is, is helpful when we're sleepy. If we're, in a, if we're sitting and then we find we're getting drowsy, just stand up. And it's also helpful because there are times like coming very soon, waiting for the, in the lunch line when we are standing. And uh, we can either stand thinking about something else, what's going to happen in the future, being absent, or we can stand with presence, with awareness. So uh, it's helpful, it's easier if you're standing off your mat so that you've got a nice solid floor beneath you. I'm going to stand up here so I can see you, actually. If you don't mind. Towering over you. Just so I can see. Um, and stand with your feet just a, about a shoulder width apart. Just a little bit apart. So if you, if, your feet, if you habitually stand with your feet right close together, you don't give yourself a very solid foundation. You easily fall over. And then just... Uh, Standing here, feeling your feet on the ground. Just as when we started with the sitting, you feel the weight of your body sitting. As you stand, feel the weight of your feet on the ground, the gravity. And I just need to say, if anyone feels dizzy or has difficulty standing, you can also sit down. It's, it's, it's just mindfulness of the body, so you can sit too. Just feeling your feet on the ground and the weight of your body. Some pressure on the soles of your feet. And then bringing your awareness. So your awareness is right down there in your feet. Not thinking about your feet. Not up in your head looking down. Thinking about your feet down there. But... Awareness is right down here in your feet. And as we stand, we just had this guided meditation on elements. So as we're standing, there's earth standing on earth. And bringing your awareness up your legs to the lower legs, just seeing what you feel there. So I can feel my calf muscles are having to work a little bit. No problem. Coming up, feeling your knees and your thighs and then the whole of your legs. And just be aware of what you feel. So you might be standing here thinking, well, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm not feeling anything. What do you mean, feel your legs? So then you can know that there isn't a lot of, they're like the, you're not so used to being in the body. So you're more familiar with being in the thinking mind. But uh, if you just bring... Push your attention down there into your legs. You'll feel something. 
You might be able to feel your clothing. You might be able to feel, you, know, you might need to move a little bit and then you can feel how the movement, the muscles. So just simply knowing how it is, how this body is right now. And moving up into your pelvis, the hips. Belly. Letting your belly soften and open. Let it all hang out. The belly likes to have room not be squashed. And moving up your torso. Just seeing what you feel. Maybe some comfort, some discomfort. Maybe some warmth or coolness. Again, you might feel your clothing. Just knowing, what do you feel? What's, what's going on right here? And being aware of your hands. Very, very sensitive. If we you know, touch a hot pan, ow. We move away very quickly, we feel our hands are very sensitive. When we touch a beautiful cloth, we enjoy the texture of beautiful cloth because the hands like to feel. So what is it like just to experience the hands right now? Moving up your arms. You might feel the warmth where your arms are resting against your body. Just knowing that. And coming up to your shoulders. What does it feel like? What do these shoulders feel like? Are they carrying great burdens? Have they collapsed? You can move your shoulders a little bit. Often we don't, we're not aware of our body because we kind of use it like a mule. We get it to work for us. We get it to do what we want. And we don't want to feel it. We don't want to know too much. But in this practice we're tuning in, listening to this body. It's got a lot of wisdom. It's got natural intelligence. 
So being aware of our shoulders. Then coming up to the neck and throat. Just noticing any habitual way of holding. So I notice I have a habitual way of shortening the back of my neck. I forget, I do it a lot. And then when I remember, I let it stretch a little bit. Not pulling it, but just letting it lengthen so that the spine is straight. It's a good feeling. Or maybe we hold our head to one side or another, or maybe we're always a bit like this, the head hanging down. So we're learning how to take full space. The spine is erect. We're centered right here. And then being aware of your head. We're usually aware of the thoughts going on, but not so much of the actual head. What does it feel like? It's a great heavy thing balanced on top of this neck. (laughs) What does it feel like? Can you feel it? If you're wearing glasses, maybe you can feel your glasses. I can feel mine. If you have hair, maybe you can feel your hair. And being aware of your face. Can't see our faces. Can only see other people's. But we can feel them. We can feel our cheeks, nose, lips, chin. We can feel our eyes, or at least the around the eyes and the forehead. What does it feel like right now to this face? Coming down, back of your head, back of your neck. See if you can feel anything at all. And then coming down your back. It's bringing your awareness down the back. and down to the base of the spine just noticing if there's holding or clenching there if there is just just shifting your posture a little bit to open up the base of the spine Coming down these legs, feeling the muscles working. Takes a bit of effort. And then all the way down to the feet on the floor.
And now I'd like to invite you to open your awareness to taking the whole of the body, the whole body standing. Whatever you experience, you might just have a, like a slight hint of an experience of the body. That's what happens when we're not used to paying attention to the body. When all, all of our attention goes on thoughts. <clears throat> when we bring our attention to the body, there's this kind of like slight trace of something down there. So if that's what you experience, just know that. There's a wealth of information waiting to reveal itself to you if you put your attention on the body. Or it might be very strong sensation. And then be aware of the attitude that you bring to this body. Is it something that you use? Do you love the body? Do you criticize it for not being the way you think it should be? For doing these terrible things like getting sick and aging, growing in ways we didn't want it to grow in, being a different shape to what we wanted. This is being at odds with nature. This body is perfect as it is. And it's changing all the time. And that is the perfection of the body and of nature. Changing all the time. So in a minute we're going to go leave the hall and uh, start preparing for lunch. Okay. And uh, just before you make your announcement, Mark, I just want to say that, um, you know, also while you eat, so that in the eating, we're doing exactly what Ayasanta Chita was talking about in her guided meditation about the, you know, there's the, what we call the internal and then the external. So the internal is like the me here, what's inside, and then the external, everything else. <laughs> it's a funny division in a way. And, uh, and while we're eating, that we're taking the fruits of the earth and we're taking them in and we're making them part of this. We're taking what's external, we're making it internal. It becomes part of us. It, it, the food becomes part of this body. And then we let go of what we don't need. It becomes external. And uh, just, to, just to notice that flow of every day, we do it every day, we don't pay attention to it. Or maybe we t- pay attention to what we put in but then we don't think about the rest of it, you know. But it's actually, it's actually a, a process of nature that's going on with the breath, with, with liquids, with food. It's going on all the time. So we see that when we watch that, we see that we are part of nature. We are just a little bit, you know, in the flow of nature. And this, um, this self that we have blown up into being a great important thing in our lives is just kind of a mind construct really so explore while you're eating this this process of you know fruits of the sun and the earth and the wind and the rain being taken in it'll be digested by the intelligence of the body we don't even have to do it and it'll do its thing it'll come out it'll become part of the earth again so watch all of that
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.